This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Fog.net podcast, Scott Chasen with Blake McFarlane, an emergency podcast. If you hear fireworks going off in the background, that is because we are recording this the evening of July 4th. Blake has left his family, disowned his family, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, to join me for this podcast because we have some big news uh, to discuss. Blake, thanks for joining me. Scott, I'm happily disowning my family. I think you're lying to everyone right now by saying that they're shooting off fireworks for the 4th of July. I think it is very clear that um, where I'm at in Kansas City, people are shooting off fireworks in celebration of the highest rated <laughs> recruit uh, for Kansas in the history of recruiting rankings, correct? So I think that's what everyone's shooting fireworks for. That's at least what I'm going to believe, and I'm excited for an emergency podcast here. Hopefully more positive emergency podcasts on the way for fans. Yeah, no kidding. I, I was debating whether or not I would in editing put in a like a really annoying siren noise just to really drive this home. But I mean, think about the news uh, today. It's it's massive news. Keon Coleman, uh, a four-star, basically consensus ESPN 24-7 sports, and then obviously the 24-7 sports composite rankings all have him as a four-star wideout. He is a four-star prospect. He would be, if he signs with Kansas, the highest ranked Kansas uh, signee from high school in program history by both the 24-7 sports staff rankings and the 24-7 sports composite. So in the composite, he's number 258, the 46-ranked wide receiver, number nine player in Louisiana. Puka Williams was about 272. Uh, That was the previous record. How's this for the 24-7 sports staff rankings? The 116th-ranked player the 14th ranked wide receiver, the number five ranked player out of Louisiana. This dude is a two sport athlete. He had major offers, Michigan state, Florida state, uh, just among his kind of final six grouping, Oklahoma, South Carolina. Uh, There were some big time programs in on this dude. And a lot of people who really wanted this dude, Blake KU comes away with a huge get. And uh, I, I mean, initial reaction. What are your thoughts? It's an exciting day to be a Kansas uh, Jayhawk football uh, a fan, if that's what you are. So I think that everyone should be excited about that. Um, getting a talented wide receiver is a guy in a position that can make a big difference um, on a football team very quickly, particularly in an offense like Brent Deerman's that is going to be focusing on wide receivers, getting them out in space. So I think that there's everything to be positive about this. You should be excited about this. The world right now doesn't let you be very positive about many things. So If you're a Kansas fan, be super pumped up about this because it's a positive and you're looking for those in any way, shape, or form when you're thinking about sports and particularly Kansas football. Yeah, I mean, think about that. Just just think about the offer list for a second. I ran off some of the schools in his final six. I'm just going to read off the schools. He had like 35, 36, 37 offers, something crazy like that. Arizona, Auburn, Baylor, Georgia, Houston, uh, Kentucky, Louisville, 
Memphis, Miami, Michigan State, Mississippi State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Penn State, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Syracuse, Texas A&M, Virginia, Wake Forest. This was a dude who was recruited at a high level. To, to your point, you, you think about landing commitments from Devin Neal, uh, who was previously the highest ranked or would be highest ranked KU signee if he signs in the 2021 class uh, per the 24-7 sports staff rankings. And then you sign another dude who's ranked even higher. So, I, you know, there's a chance uh, if it all kind of goes to form that you are bringing in the top two ranked prospects in Kansas football history. Now, David Beatty, to be fair, also did that when he landed Puka Williams uh, and Corion Harris. But the difference there being those guys were ranked in the 200s. And when you talk about Devin Neal, and, and that's not bad, by the way, that is outstanding for any program in the country. But when you talk about Coleman and Neal, these are guys ranked in the 100s, who are both ranked in the top 150 in the 24-7 sports staff rankings. That is a massive haul. That is a haul that, uh, I mean, I, I wrote this this week on the website, but Kansas has not recruited at a level as high as this class is shaping up to be since 2009. And why 2009 is so significant is not only it was Mark Mangino's last recruiting class, but KU was coming off back-to-back bowl wins. So people considering the program were looking at Kansas like, hey, this is a perennial bowl winner. They won the Orange Bowl two years ago. They, I think, had eight wins and won another bowl game the next year. So people are looking at that program and saying, oh, well, they just won back-to-back bowl games. Of course I want to go there. That is the level that Les Miles and his staff give Emmett Jones, Brent Deerman, uh, Joshua Ergo, all these guys give everyone credit for this. But that's the level the staff is recruiting at right now. Uh, extremely impressive to me, Blake. And, and you talk about positives. It seems like this is one of the youngest staffs outside of basically the head coach in college football, and it seems like their message is really resonating with kids. Yeah, I think that's a large part of it. You have a very energetic staff and a lot of talented coaches as well. I think that it can't be understated enough here that Brent Deerman's offense is one that makes sense for a wide receiver like Keon Coleman and a guy like Emma Jones is a wide receivers coach that has turned a lot of guys into some very, very talented players. So I think that's all going well for Kansas, and the staff has a lot of energy. When you talk about the staff, here's two things why KU Kansas should be very positive about Keon Coleman signing with Kansas and why this could be a moment we look back on two, three years from now and go, aha, that's how Kansas turned the corner. You have to, you have, to have a coaching staff that's willing to go out and get talent. And talent in the recruiting ranks is very difficult to get. You have to evaluate it. You have to get those kids to sign, not only commit, but also sign. And then the next part of it is it's not just enough to get talent. It's about developing that talent. And that's where I think this staff separates itself from maybe other Kansas football staffs. Until back about Mark Mangino's time is that I have never felt more confident when I look at Kansas football that this staff can not only get the talent Kansas needs, but they can also develop the talent and get the most out of those players. And when you bring in talented players like Kean Coleman, you're going to get a lot out of a guy who can really help you, your program out tremendously and in a very quick fashion. I, I First of all, c- complete agreement on that point. And, and just to that point, I would add, you know, if when Les Miles got hired going into that 2019 kind of shortened uh, recruiting window with a very small class, I think they could only take about 20 guys. Uh, if you were to go back there and say, hey, three recruiting classes later, here's the list of top talent, your top prospects that you're going to land. Oh, and by the way, the roster is going to be about a year away from having a full scholarship allotment. You would have taken that in, in a heartbeat. And then, like you mentioned, the piece of it that comes with with player development, I, I think there's a very good staff in place for that development. 
on the defensive side of the ball. I think of guys like uh, Coach Uzo Deribe working with the outside linebackers, Chefs Jackson to an extent working with all the defensive backs, but especially kind of that cornerback position that he knows so well. A guy like Quan Drake, who has been great for player development. Obviously, Emmett Jones has been terrific throughout his entire career for player development. I think Brent Deerman can make any quarterback in the nation look better uh, than probably they would with 85% of coordinators, at least in the sample size of him at Arkansas Tech. Uh, obviously, at Bethel, where he was, you know, fantastic. And then, uh, you know, in, in one year, at least his first half of the year at Kansas. So, uh, I, I'm with you there. I think that's a very good point on staff development. And when obviously when you do have more talent, those guys take off and go even further. Yeah, and, and that's why you want to bring in really big talent. That's why Kansas has been going after it and evaluating it. Um, and the staff's getting after it. I think is, if you're a Kansas fan right now, you need to be really excited about this. I know that everyone's going to have the worries on whenever Kansas in the past has signed or got a commitment from a, a highly recruited player that sometimes those players don't. They don't make their way onto campus. They don't make their way to walk down JF Boulevard, which is something that, you know, you want your your commitments to be doing eventually. Eventually, though, a staff has to hit. And all it takes is one player. And all it takes is enough coaches selling the right message and enough of a result in the right situation to get one guy. And then one guy becomes two and two becomes three. And that's how this program is going to turn around. So that's why it's so important, important that you get Keon Coleman and Devin Neal to show up on Kansas and to be walking down Jeff Boulevard because if they can do that, this program can turn around. It, it's a failure if they can't get them both on campus. Yeah, well, look, this will be a, a very hotly contested battle. Uh, schools that Keon Coleman cut when he cut his list from 6-3 to three, continued to recruit him. Michigan State, Florida State, these schools are still interested. I think others will be, and to your point, I think this will be a very challenging uh, just, I guess, push to keep him. It's going to be tough, but if they can do it, obviously, like you talk about, that that really is how you turn the momentum of the program. Now, if you want to be skeptical, think back to the, I believe it was just one year ago, 2020, there was an offensive lineman that KU felt really good about and was recruiting against a smaller school, and ultimately they weren't able to flip him. There was uh, Kari Coleman, who obviously, you know, according to some on our staff, I know Kevin Flaherty thought he was one of the most talented defensive KU uh, recruits in years, basically, are one of the highest ceilings that, you know, right at the last minute flips and goes to TCU. Again, that's a really tough recruitment that uh, for Kansas, you know, he was a potentially program changing guy and seemed to be a much better fit at a place like Kansas. But uh, again, it was, you know, couldn't get that guy pushed to signing day. That's not a failure from the staff per se, uh, those two cases, because they're recruiting guys that they believe in. And to your point, again, they're not just settling back and saying, okay, well, we'll just take, you know, your average class. I use three-star, not as a denigrating term, but like we're going to go for the lower level three-star guys that we feel a little bit better about because maybe some of these big schools won't be in on them, stuff like that. No, they're going for people that they believe are top talent and they believe they can stake a claim to. Uh, one of the criticisms I had of the David Beatty staff was at times a fear to go after prospects in the state who are starting to blow up or slow playing them or not showing them the appropriate interest uh, and, and really dropping out uh, at times of recruitments that I really thought they shouldn't have. I don't think you're getting that with the Les Miles staff. I think Les Miles has made it very clear that they are not afraid uh, to offer four-star guys, to offer, in some cases, five-star uh, talent, and and they are really not afraid to, uh, to, to aggressively track these guys. I mean, think about the recruitment, the way they recruited Keon Coleman. You have Emmett Jones talking to him every single day. 
You have Bill Self and Les Miles making contact, even on Zoom calls. You have these meetings with the all the offensive coaches. I mean, that is that's a huge recruiting effort in and of itself. And then you have other KU coaches reaching out to let him know how important he is to the program. And Blake, we can shift and talk about him a little bit as a player. I know you said you'd been watching uh, some film on Keon Coleman's game, so I wanted to flip it over to you. And uh, what do you see when you watch a guy like that? Obviously good size and, and a good frame. What, what do you see? Yeah, I, I watched uh, his huddle clips that were available on fog.net. Um, but when you look at him as a player, uh, obviously Keon Coleman, yeah, can go up and get a, a jump ball. He can. He's a guy that if you throw it to the corner on a fade route, he's going to get that ball, and that's great. And he can. And he showed his ability to get that uh, that jump ball deep into the field as well. And you look at his film, and you have to remember that he's playing in one A in Louisiana, so the, the talent maybe isn't as great as it could be at um, other places in the state. But his speed is something that is the ultimate equalizer in sports. Fast is fast. It doesn't matter where you're playing um and he's he's a very fast wide receiver at six foot four you mentioned him being a basketball player um potentially for kansas if he signs but he is a great track athlete as well i believe he runs the four by 100 and the four by 200 relays so he's quick he's uh, got an ability to go up and get the ball and he just and this isn't necessarily a skill set but this is just something when you look at a player that i like is he played all over the field he returned punts kicks he caught passes. He ran the ball. He played uh, some of what looked to me like a hybrid of a safety and defensive back role. So yeah, he had seven interceptions last year, Blake. Yeah, I mean, why not try him out there at safety eventually? Let's have him play for fo- the football basketball team and also play two ways in football. But when a guy is that talented, that just shows you an athleticism that can't be quantified. And typically, more often than not. When there's a player that's just such a great athlete that you have to put him in every single sport, in every single position, he's going to translate to be a very talented player at the next level in some capacity. 100% agree. Six foot two uh, inch high jump, by the way. So this is a dude who can absolutely uh, go up, like you mentioned, jump ball. Uh, his basketball skill set, it impressed me, his mentality on uh, on defense, not just that he tried, but like he always seemed to know where the plays were going. You, you could see his mind moving faster, basically, than the competition, which obviously is going to happen some at a lower level. But when you combine that with the athleticism, you get some really special plays. And you think about this, he had more touchdown catches last year than catches that didn't go for touchdowns. And that would be really easy if he were just a red zone target. No, this guy had 1,100 receiving yards, and 22 of his 35 catches were for touchdowns. So again, let's do a little math here. If he has 35 catches for 1,100 yards, that's like 35 yards a catch. I mean, he's just a, a, it's pretty good. I would say that's fairly decent. Uh, I mean, he basically, uh, again, you, obviously a lower level of competition, how things translate, what Kansas's quarterback situation looks like. You know, you can't get too far ahead of yourself. And, and hey, he may never even sign with Kansas. However, that is a ton of talent. That is the ultimate uh, whatever, just like building block to kind of work with. And you bring in a guy like him. You bring in a guy like Devin Neal. You think about people in the program already, Stephen Parker, Gavin Potter. You, you just think about the names that they've started to bring in. Kansas, after this 2021 class, if it all goes well, like I mentioned, will be one class away from having 85 scholarship players on the roster. And you think of where Kansas was being in the 20s of scholarships, according to David Beatty when he took over, being in the 50s of scholarships when he left, in part because of several of his own decisions in taking JUCO prospects. 
and, and the idea that Kansas could be hey, not only filled on scholarships, but also have that kind of, I mean, completed class uh, or completed uh, higher level of talent with the completed number of scholarships. I think that's a big deal. And again, for Kansas, Keon Coleman, he wants to see what Kansas looks like in the fall. Uh, He wants to see how many games they're going to win. I think this recruitment is not done yet. Uh, There was also some pretty good reporting out that he was very interested in Oklahoma, but and you can read all about this on our website and if you go to the KU Campus Underground from this week, but it seemed like Kansas really won him over, and he was not able to go to Oklahoma and say, you are the school I want to play for, absolutely no doubt. Uh, reporting from our OU site said OU would have taken him if that was his mindset. It wasn't his mindset. So give credit to the Kansas coaches. Ton to look forward to, a ton to work with. Uh, you know, It's kind of a matter at this point of can you get him to campus, but Blake, I think this is a huge positive, uh, obviously, for the KU program. A final, a closing thought, a closing something from you before we get out of here. Well, we'll call this a thought. What I would say, if you're a Kansas fan right now, sit back in your recliner, crack open a water or whatever beverage you like to, to drink, and just enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment because Kansas football is, is headed in the right direction right now. Results aside, what happens in the fall happens in the fall, but you have a head coach in Les Miles. You have a, a recruiting staff and a coaching staff that is getting you in the market, in the talent market for talented players. And that's a positive step forward. Next step is to get them on the campus. And then the step beyond that is to develop them. But you're on step one. You're in level one. You're looking to level up to level two. So sit back and enjoy the fireworks that your city, wherever you're watching or listening to this, at, is shooting off fireworks because Kansas football just landed the biggest recruit um, in the history of the program. Hopefully that's what fans are doing here and just enjoying the moment. Well, thanks Blake. Uh, And and thank you again for joining me Uh, July 4th, again in the evening, popping over Blake McFarland on Twitter at the Blake MC, the two letters, uh, first two letters of McFarland, his last name. So uh, thanks again, Blake. Thanks again for listening uh, to all of you to this podcast. If you're a KU fan, as Blake mentioned, go drink a beverage. Some water uh, was what he suggested. Drink whatever you want. Uh, and yeah, we will catch you next time on the Fog.net podcast. Make sure to head to Fog.net for all your KU content, and uh, we'll talk to you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.